Welcome to the Ardella Training Podcast, the definitive no BS strength training podcast where we're committed to bringing you cutting edge topics and information that will take your training to the next level. For more information, go to ardellatraining.com. And now, let's get started with your host, the scientist of strength, Scott Ardella. Hey guys, it's Scott and thanks for joining me today for episode 36 of the Ardella Training Podcast. In this episode, you'll learn all about strength training through the principles of Pavel Satsalin and the Strong First organization as I interview the CEO of Strong First, Mark Toomey. If you don't know about Strong First, you'll learn everything you need to know in this interview. And if you're already involved in the Strong First community, then you'll hear about the vision and things coming soon. This is exciting stuff. You'll also hear how to continue your learning, skill progression, and journey towards improving strength and performance. This is great content, so be sure to listen all the way through to the end to hear Mark's advice on how to take action with this information after listening to the interview. You know, my goal with all these interviews is that you take action with the information presented and not just passively listen. Well, I was recently very privileged to be an assistant at the Strong First Level 1 Certification in Philadelphia. And I have to say it was an amazing experience. I had a a great group of candidates, and it was just really, really awesome. At the certification, I was fortunate to get some time with Mark, and he was gracious enough to agree to do this interview. I thought it would be very valuable for people to hear what's going on with Strong First directly from one of the creators. So let me tell you a little bit about Mark. Mark is the former director of operations with Dragon Door Publications before partnering with Pavel Satsalin to form the new Strong First organization, which began almost a year ago. Mark has quite an interesting background that you'll hear about in this interview, and his current role is a CEO of Strong First. Mark is also a senior kettlebell instructor among other highly credentialed certifications, and has incredible passion for helping people through the benefits of strength training that you'll hear all about in this session. Mark is extremely well-educated in strength and movement-based training to maximize performance. This is definitely a great interview, and you'll learn about the vision of the organization and learn all about what's coming in the near future with some new things that you will definitely be interested in hearing about coming from Strong First. So with that, let's get started with a great interview with Mark Toomey of Strong First. Today I have the CEO of Strong First, Mark Toomey, on the line to discuss the School of Strength and the Strong First mission and philosophy of training. And I can tell you, this will be a valuable session on taking your training to the next level, no matter where you are. So, Mark, thank you very much for joining me today. Scott, thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And we are going to get right into it. Um, I'm going to 
ask you a lot about Strong First, and this is going to be a great session, especially for someone that has no knowledge of what Strong First is. And then also for people that are in the community, I think this is going to be really valuable about taking their training and progressions to that next level. But before we get into that, Mark, I wonder if you can tell people about your background and the type of people that you work with. Um, well, I, I guess the easiest way to, to uh, explain it is I, I spent 25 years uh, working uh, within large corporate environments, the last 10 years of it actually with a Wall Street firm. But toward the end of uh, that uh, tenure with the company, around 2006, I met Pavel uh, through Dragon Door and actually had been a Qigong practitioner for a long time and, and met Pavel through uh, the Qigong material that was available through Dragon Door. And I attended an RKC back in 2006, and I didn't attend it with any desire to becoming a trainer or getting involved in the fitness industry, but primarily to correct some of the structural dysfunctions that I picked up uh, spending 20 years uh, first as an amateur and then as a competitive bodybuilder. Uh, you know, you start to hit those middle to late 40s, and things just don't work like they used to. <laughs> and I had a uh, gentleman that I worked with uh, in my hometown, and we had heard of kettlebells but didn't know whether or not we were using them properly. And so I attended uh, the certification with Pavel primarily just to find out, hey, you know, <laughs> are we using these things right or are we going to hurt ourselves? Right. And shortly uh, uh, after that, uh, I wrote an article uh, for the use of weight training as a therapeutic alternative for some of the guys that I worked with who were returning from overseas deployment uh, as an alternative to either uh, medications or surgery. And I was contacted by a physician uh, who had heard about the article and was uh, personally facing the possibility of a surgery that could uh, very much lead to a detrimental impact on his ability to work in an OR. So we met, and uh, he progressed very quickly, uh, was not able to raise his hand uh, much above his shoulder, and within a few months was actually snatching a 16-kilogram kettlebell overhead. And we were sitting having coffee one day, and he asked me why more doctors uh, didn't know about many of the principles that we used, uh, that we had learned from uh, Pavel and, and through the certification, right. and that we take for granted every day in working with our students. And he asked if I'd be willing to spend some time with him and the associates that he works with in his practice in an effort to provide their patients with an alternative to either surgery or prolonged use of pain medications. And so that's sort of how it, it, it took off, Scott. I mean, it, it, you, it's funny how you... you flip the switch and you go from one uh, one you know business entity to another but it, you know it, it took a matter of about four years and I was very uh, fortunate the uh, medical group that I fell in with uh, worked with me and we created a comprehensive program incorporating FMS and SFMA to take a patient through a process that escalates them from an, an initial assessment uh, to movement patterning uh, before they proceed to other options uh, such as surgery or pharmacological alternatives. And they call it a process of uh, failure of conservative therapy. And it became uh, so successful with their practice 
um, that actually uh, John, uh, the uh, primary pain doc that I work with, and I um, right. have sponsored lectures that we uh, we go around and we speak to physicians about the therapeutic use of strength training uh, in a patient's recovery or in uh, pre- or post-surgery applications. Okay. So would you say that you're primarily using kettlebells kind of in a corrective exercise uh, program approach? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. It's sort of barbells. I'd say the majority of people that I see one-on-one are uh, patient referrals from the medical group. And then the work that we do through Strong First through our live events, and then also the work that we do with the military and law enforcement units. Okay. And so what other training implements do you use? So kettlebells, barbells, what other things? I'm just curious with the, the setting of patients that you, that you see, what other tools are part of your programming? I would say that it, it, it's a good blend of uh, kettlebells, a barbell, uh, and some body weight, and then some things that I picked up as a, as a young man uh, in uh, as a foreign exchange student in Iran, uh, uh, Persian meals uh, for people that are, that are a little bit more advanced, uh, Sheena boards and things like that. You try not to get too exotic because then it becomes, as Mark Rifkin says, <laughs> random acts of variety. Okay. Um, but sometimes, you know, that, that, that variety is the seasoning that keeps, uh, keeps a meal interesting. Right. And it's, it's one thing to be aware of when you're working with a student or a patient. You know, th- we may see our role as being that of an educator or as a, a therapist of some type, even for those of us who are not uh, 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 practitioners in, in the medical community. Okay. But to a great extent, people see us uh, as entertainment. Um, yeah. There are a lot of people who they not only want to feel better, but they want to have a good time. And so sometimes you, you add some of those things in. But I'd say it's primarily kettlebell, barbell, and, and body weight. Excellent, excellent. So n- none of the uh, fancy, sophisticated uh, fitness equipment, but really just the simple things, the most proven things, and that's really what, what I was trying to get to. So Yeah, sure. I mean, it allows you to focus in on principles as opposed to an implement, Scott. I mean, that's, yep. that's, that's the big deal. Absolutely. So, Mark, I, I want to ask you this question, and I've asked this question to people in the past, and I want to ask you specifically because you've been around for a long time. And the question is, why the kettlebell? I mean, what makes the kettlebell unique compared to other tools? Um, I, I, I have to tell you, and it came up this morning, I, I work with a gentleman who just retired. He was a chief operating officer for a major athletic clothing company. And we were talking about the accessibility of the kettlebell. Um, there, there are very few tools that you can use that cover the variety of principles that Strong First teaches, um, like the kettlebell. Um, its counterbalance design allows it to be used in ways that are far and away more effective than a dumbbell. Uh, I'll tell you about working with uh, older patients in a little while, but there is something that just, it's very user-friendly. For example, if I was to take uh, the average age of a patient that is referred to me is 68 years old. So I don't don't get a lot of guys in their their 20s and 30s. If I take a 65-year-old person and I put them in front of a barbell, And, I, yeah. and I'm going to teach them how to do a deadlift. Yeah. It, it's frighteningly intimidating for them. Sure. It, it, it's one of those things. However, yeah. 
I can take a 24-kilogram kettlebell, and using straps and a platform, I can get as much as 150 pounds of resistance from that 24-kilogram kettlebell. So I can take someone who's never deadlifted in their life, and I can put them over this little ball with a handle on it, and I can teach them the appropriate mechanics for a deadlift and actually move them up over time, provided the mechanics are good, and they're in whatever structural dysfunction they might have doesn't prevent this uh, from, from occurring. You can move them up to 150 pounds. Scott, that's like a bar with a wheel on either side of it. And yeah. they don't view it as intimidating, nor do they view it as something that, oh, somebody else does that. To them, they're just picking up a kettlebell. Mark's just put some straps on it and made it a little bit more difficult. Right. So I think the first thing is it's adaptable, it's accessible, and from a, a patient or a student standpoint, it's not intimidating. And I think that to a great extent, when people go into a gym, um, irrespective of it being a big box or, or, a, or, or a, you know, a small box gym, there's a certain level of intimidation um, that a bar or a dumbbell represents. And I think the kettlebell smashes through that. Yeah. Well, I think those are great points. And uh, those are unique differences that I haven't heard before. So that's, uh, those are great answers. Mark, let's let's move on and talk about Strong First. So let's go back to the listener that has no knowledge of, of Strong First and the, the Strong First philosophy. Can you explain what, what is Strong First, the organization, and why is it so unique in the fitness industry? And can you talk about the philosophy and culture of Strong First? Well, yeah, I, 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 let's, t- let's take a look at Strong First as a movement. Uh, I mean, it is a company. We're involved in holding live events and certifications, you know, much like the one that we were just at uh, this past weekend. Yes. And we produce, you know, educational material, books and DVDs, including a new book that's coming out from Pavel here very shortly, and the promotion material that supports uh, who we are. But there has to be a spirit. There has to be, you know, there's a the wonderful uh, book uh, Simon Sinek uh, has called Start With Why. There has to be that why. And Strong First is, above and, and beyond all other things, a community of like-minded men and women who believe that strength has a greater purpose. Uh, you know, Pavel and I, when we sat down to start this thing, uh, we we wanted it to be a home for as many people as possible, you know, one of those large inclusive tents where the shared passion here is in just being strong. And in many cases, strong is a state of mind. I mean, it's one of the areas of applied kinesiology that I actually agree with, and that is if you believe that you can see the end of an activity or the end of a lift, the chances are pretty good that with proper mechanics and and patience and practice, you'll be able to do it. And I see, and and you saw this over the weekend, the vast, I mean, just the complete variety of people that attended that certification in Philadelphia. Yes. I mean, you had people that were trainers. You had people that were in their 20s. Um, We had four trainers from a a very uh, well-known strength coaches facility. And so we had people that were highly experienced, and we had other people that just wanted to try to challenge themselves and put themselves through. And yet at the end of the weekend, they all came together under that that passion, that, that shared sense of this is a home for me. 
And that's what Strong First is. It's a home for people who really want to embrace that concept that strength has a greater purpose. So I think that, you know, that becomes sort of the why. You know, why, why be at Strong First? Well, you know, is, uh, somebody says, well, I'm an endurance athlete. Well, that's great, but do you have the strength to endure? I mean, that's the, the, the running uh, joke on that. But there is an aspect of strength training that tests you on a regular basis that, uh, you know, Henry Rollins has that wonderful essay that ends, uh, you know, 200 pounds is 200 pounds. The iron doesn't lie. And I think that for people who are looking for something with a very objective means of measurement, I think strength training calls to those folks. And then when you combine that with the sense of uh, like-minded people in a very large community, uh, I think that's what Strong First really stands for. Right, right. Mark, what, what do you? Th- what would you say that listeners need to know about Pavel and his systems, his approach to the the school of strength? I, I think when you when you break it down uh, through image, you know, you get through the image and you get through uh, the, you know, the, the the character, so to speak. What Pavel is extraordinarily good at is collecting information and putting it in a very accessible form, just like the kettlebell is accessible to us as a tool. Right. Um, Pavel can take a very complex concept and reduce it to three or four very uh, uh, pointed sentences that get a difficult uh, concept clear to the average user very quickly. Uh, there was a strength coach who said the one thing that Pavel does better than anyone else is to reverse engineer uh, the secrets of the truly strong, uh, of the athletes that have really accomplished something. And I think that that's uh, what the true genius is of Pavel and and why I enjoy my friendship with him and why I think this is such a great business partnership is he takes the overly complex and hundreds of years worth of material (laughs) and uh, distills it into a very very usable easy to understand uh text okay mark Mark, let me ask you this is it about strength or is it about movement yeah it's a great question (laughs) um you know, I have a very close relationship with Gray Cook, the, the founder and creator of the functional movement system. Yeah. And Gray's got a great line. He's got a couple of really good lines, but one of them is, um, if you're moving in a dysfunctional manner and I get you stronger, all I've done is I've made you dysfunctionally stronger. And eventually that could lead to an injury. It's sort of like, um, well, here's a great example. Let's say I leave the emergency brake on in my car. And so my car's not really moving as quickly as I want it to. So instead of just releasing the emergency brake, I take the car down to my local mechanic and I have him put in a much larger engine. Now, the fact of the matter is the car's probably going to move better with that larger engine. But eventually what's going to happen is I'm going to destroy my brake system and probably my suspension system and a number of other things. Right. If we uh, use and uh, we'll be announcing our relationship with, uh, with FMS here at the end of the month at our Level 2 uh, event, if I 
don't have the ability to take a good look at how you're moving and I immediately apply weight to you, um, there's, there is a potential for me creating either uh, more significant dysfunction or worse, uh, an injury. And so one of the things that when we talk about is it strength or is it movement, I think you really need to take a look at it almost as a, a, an equilateral triangle. And that is movement has to be there. Yes. Um, but movement without strength, well, you know, it's like a cooked piece of pasta. It's great with marinara sauce, but <laughs> it doesn't really serve any other purpose behind that. Right. And then... Uh, once you've got the, the movement and the strength is a foundational system of principles that allow you to take what you've learned through movement and strength and create reasonable programs as opposed to uh, just as, as Rifkin would say, random acts of variety. Right. If, if I know a squat is good for you, but you can't squat any deeper than three inches above parallel, before I decide to stick a bar on your back and add a little bit of weight, you know, maybe we should take a few minutes just to work on that. Yeah. Now, for those folks who are listening to this who are exercise professionals, who are trainers, who are coaches or things like this, the danger in doing this is if those correctives are presented or perceived uh, by your customer or your patient or your student as an obstacle to doing something that they want to do, right. you're going to lose them. Uh, Gray has a great line, and I don't mind when Gray Cook uses it. That is, you haven't earned the right to, you know, and then you can fill in whatever activity you want to put in after that. Right. I've heard other people use that, and when I hear that, I get very frustrated because what it tells me is, uh, first of all, you're not Gray Cook. As a matter of fact, as I said, half the time I don't think Gray is Gray because he's that <laughs> smart. But uh, yeah. what you're doing is you're putting an obstacle in front of somebody. People come to you because they want to engage in activity. There are very few people that I see, either in the law enforcement or military community, people that I see at our certifications, or even patients who are referrals through a pain management uh, practice, who say, I want to do a deadlift. That's, that's my goal in life, to do a deadlift. And then I step in, well, before you can do a deadlift, you have to be able to do this, this, and this. You know, it's like, awesome. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, you know, what do you do? If they've got grandchildren, you know what they want to do is they want to pick up their grandchildren without feeling a sharp pain in their lower back. Right. Or they want to be able to get up and out of a chair when their children and their grandchildren come over to the house. An operator wants to be able to extend his career another five years because he just can't get off the adrenaline fix that he gets from being jocked up and going out on a call. The people that we saw at the CERT range from people who are just trying to get better as trainers to people who were my age, you know, we had some people that were in their, uh, their mid-50s who were just trying to squeeze another 10 years of productivity out of their body. And so if we put unnecessary obstacles between those people and the activities that they want by making correctives look as if they're punishment right. or it's sort of like the vegetables that they have to eat before they get dessert, we will lose them as customers. Right. And so the key is, and it's one of the things that I enjoy so much about working with, uh, with Gray and, and Brett and the guys in the FMS community, is incorporating correctives as part of a program design. So it's sort of like when you have to give your dog a pill, yeah, put it in a little piece of cheese. Yeah. You know, 
then the dog thinks it's getting a piece of cheese and they still eat the pill and everybody's happy. Right. And so, you know, I guess, you know, circling back around to it, is it movement or strength? Um, you can't have true strength without the ability to move in, and I hate using this term, in a functional manner. Yeah. But at the same time, if all we do is movement, 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 without adding the discipline of strength training, uh, just, you know, to, to what use is movement? Yeah. Well, I think that's a great answer. And I think it, you know, it really is a combination of both, you know, strength and movement. And I think, you know, like you said, the key point is not to make a, a big deal about it. And Honestly, I mean, that, that's what I do is if I am working on a movement, it just simply build that into the program. You know, it's just part of the, part of the deal, uh, not make a big deal about it. It's not like, you know, we have to fix this and all that. It's just part of the, part of the program. And, you know, you're just constantly telling people, don't think about a purple elephant. (laughs) Now, now what image can you not get out of your head? But, and I mean, all communities fall prey to this and we're certainly not, uh, uh, immune to it. Uh, I was at a certification a few years ago, and uh, there was a guy who couldn't uh, get his double 24s pressed. He could press double 20s real easily, but he couldn't get the 24s. And um, someone in a very, very positive, good-natured way suggested that he see uh, a CKFMS practitioner. And I I said, no, what you need to do is you need to see 24-kilogram kettlebells. (laughs) You need to spend a little bit of time under the weight. Right. You need to build a relationship with that weight so that you, you not only create an intimate uh, relationship with it, but also you build up the respect for it so that you learn how to use the mechanics. That Obviously, you can press 20s. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with your thoracic or your shoulder mobility. Um, you should be able to press 24s. You just got to get the work done. Right. There's no magic pill to getting the work done. Right, right. All right, Mark. Um, so Strong First has been around for about a year now. Is that correct? Uh, we, uh, yeah, we incorporated October 12th of uh, 2012, and we launched uh, the website, I believe, on November 2nd. So yeah, wow. it's, uh, wow. it's been about 10 months. All right. Exciting times. Now, I wonder if you can talk about the vision of Strong First moving in the future, in the next couple of years. Where are things headed with, with Strong First, and how do you see the, the growth? I think it's been an unbelievable year, and um, you know the branding that, that you and Pavel have created and the community, it's just been absolutely awesome. But where, where are things headed in the future? Well, I, it, it, just to kind of give you a, uh, an overview of, of the business plan, the first year was meant to, for lack of a better term, uh, reunite the clan. Um, there were a yeah. number of uh, our guys who had either filtered away uh, just, you know, familiarity breeds contempt. It was sort of the same thing. And from the uh, organization that we were all a part of before, yeah, you know, some people just kind of drifted away. So the first year was for us to uh, give everyone an opportunity to say, hey, this is where the new home is, um, this is what we believe in, and then to hold uh, the requisite live events so that people could see, touch, and feel um, what the difference is. Um, I think that uh, there were a number of folks when we were in the uh, the debrief meeting at the certification this last weekend uh, that noted, hey, this this is one of the most structured, uh, positive uh, events that they've been to. 
And I, and I think it came from the fact that we had a number of years of training in doing this before, um, but this was our opportunity to say, hey, this is why this is different than where we were. Where we were was great. It was really good, but there were improvements that we needed to make, and that was part and parcel of the reason uh, for creating Strong First was to have that freedom to incorporate those improvements. So I think the, the first year was that. Um, the second year, and uh, I don't want to get into too many details, will be in allowing people to share in the expansion of Strong First. There, I, I think CrossFit is a marvelous example. I think that despite all of the fun that we poke at them and the bad form videos and all this other stuff, uh, what CrossFit did is they allowed people uh, – a, a chance to belong to something larger than themselves where they could feed and nourish um, that competitive drive that exists in a lot of athletically oriented people Yes, and, and have a community where they can say, this is mine. You know, this is my CrossFit box. This is, this is me. And then to go out to the regional games and the, and the, uh, uh, the nationals. Um, our next step will be in uh, the licensing and creation of, of strong fit training facilities. Uh, we have a meeting next week um, to come up with what the name is so that people will be able to, and it, for example, the tactical strength challenge is a great example. Uh, coming up in a, in a month, uh, we have the TSC, which is something Pavel created 10 years ago, and then kind of let go and run on its own in an organic sort of way. Uh, we have now, uh, I believe we have 30 uh, locations that are going to be participating in the Tactical Strength Challenge, which for people who don't know about it is an event where you do uh, uh, a maximum deadlift. You get three attempts at your maximum weight on a deadlift. You do the most pull-ups that you can do, and then you do as many kettlebell snatches with a 24-kilogram kettlebell for men and I think 16 for women in a five-minute period. So it's a measurement of maximal strength in the deadlift, body weight strength in the pull-up, and endurance strength with the kettlebell snatch. We wanted to reclaim the tactical strength challenge so that we could give it to the members of our community who have facilities who need to increase the traffic through those facilities. You have another 40 or 50 people who come into your facility for a tactical strength challenge uh, some of them might be new. They might be bringing family members or friends in to watch them participate in this event. And the whole idea is, yeah, we want to get the word out about Strong First. We want to get the word out about how important we think strength training is. But if the people who align themselves and are part of the Strong First community don't have an opportunity to benefit in that message, um, then it's, it, it's, it's a very one-sided equation, and one-sided equations don't last very long. Right. And so the first part is these events. The Tactical Strength Challenge is the first one. Uh, once uh, we get that under our belt and we find uh, the things that we did right and the things that we need to correct, uh, we have three more events that we'll roll out um, that we'll give people. And then that leads into uh, how people get involved in the Strong First community to begin with. Yeah, which I'm uh, actually going to ask you about coming up. Let me ask you, where do people find out about the Tactical Strength Challenge? Uh, if they go to www. You can tell I'm an old guy when I say www. <laughs> when that's the address, it's uh, tacticalstrengthchallenge. dot com. 
And uh, our friend James Sostrom uh, put it together, uh, and it's got the rules, uh, the dates. Uh, we have some videos that demonstrate what the proper form for a pull-up and a snatch looks like. Um, hopefully people already understand the deadlift. There's a video that shows uh, a deadlift being done. And uh, they can get all the information for the, uh, the TSC there. Excellent. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes for this episode as well. It'll be awesome. Mark, let me ask you about the kettlebell workshops and um, certifications. So but let's first talk about where, where beginners go. Where, where do they start for people that are coming into the Strong First uh, community? And what can they expect? Well, I, I, obviously, the, the, from a business standpoint uh, with Strong First, the entry-level program is the one-day user course. Yes. Uh, the SFG course, uh, the uh, Strong First body weight course, and now we just uh, completed the uh, course manual for the uh, Strong First barbell course. These are uh, one-day user courses. Uh, they're currently priced at $299. Uh, they're eight hours of training. Uh, so for about what you would pay for an hour of group training, um, you can get uh, very, very personalized uh, instruction uh, on just a few techniques. So, for example, the Strong First uh, Kettlebell Users course uh, covers the basics of the swing, uh, the get-up, the squat, and the beginning of the military press. Uh, it gives you enough so that if you were in the position that I was in in uh, 2006 where I'm like, hey, man, I don't, I don't even know if I'm using these, uh, these kettlebell things right, um, this provides you with that entry level. Okay. We have made a conscious decision not to turn these into quote-unquote certifications uh, for a few reasons. Number one, uh, we want this to be a learning experience for a minimum of eight hours. And trying to put in the requisites for a testing requirement and all of the other reporting that goes in, um, it was one of those hurry up and rush through it. The people who have uh, been licensed to teach these courses have told me that not only is it far more enjoyable to teach a user's course, but they're actually able to focus in on teaching as opposed to um, correcting and testing. So the first thing is to take a user course. And as I said, it's uh, $299. Um, and it's money very well spent because you're exposed to the very best instructors that Strong First has, uh, has in their ranks. Once you've gone through that, uh, then it, it rolls into that three-day certification, irrespective of it being for the kettlebell, um, the body weight, or the barbell. And I think that in that particular case, this is someone who wants to step their game up. They want to take... Um, that next step, and hone their craft. Where the user courses are great educational material for the average guy, a guy like me. Hey, look, I just want to make sure that I'm benching right. I want to make sure I'm pressing this kettlebell thing right. The certifications are set up so that we are teaching a teacher. So we focus in on technique, but we also focus in on the correctives and the teaching cues that you as a coach or a trainer uh, would need to impart on someone that you were teaching. Even for people who don't, who, who aren't trainers or who aren't coaches, but just average people that want to do something and understand it a little bit better, the certifications provide that three-day intense 
uh, immersion into <laughs> yeah. what it is we do, and at the same time provide people with that experience. At the leadership meeting that we had in February in Salt Lake City, I told people, we are, Strong First is not in the business of kettlebell or barbell certifications. It happens to be a byproduct of what we do. But what we are in the business of is providing people with the opportunity to experience a transformation. The person, I guarantee you, and you saw this, the person that walked in on Friday was not the same person who walked out Sunday night. Right. You know, you, yeah. you see that change. You see those light bulbs go on. And so whether it's a coach who wants to be uh, better at teaching kettlebells or better at teaching strength um, or better at understanding principles of working with a much uh, wider variety of, of uh, students, uh, or it's just somebody who wants to push themselves a little harder, uh, that's where that certification comes into play. And who knows, maybe you'll be like me, you know, a former Wall Street thug who <laughs> seven years later is running a, a fitness company. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, the three-day certification is definitely an immersion. That's why I was laughing when you said that, that word, because it is a total immersion into the kettlebell exercises. Uh, what about For the workshop, does anyone need to, to have a baseline of kettlebell skills going into that? You know, again, you, I, 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 I get hesitant about saying kettlebell skills. You know, the, the, we, we talk about the kettlebell being such a unique tool. What we really teach in our material are the principles, abdominal bracing, wedging yourself between the weight and the floor, diaphragmatic breathing. You know, that those are the, the principles, and they're just easier to teach right. with an accessible tool like the kettlebell. Right. Um, I would say any of the courses, any of the one-day courses that we teach are excellent entry points. Obviously, uh, the kettlebell happens to be a very, very popular implement right now, and so most people are entering our community by going through um, the kettlebell courses. But the one-day bodyweight user course, for example, I, I think is probably – we will start to do a different marketing campaign on it because I think it's probably one of those undiscovered gems. Uh, John Ingham wrote an excellent piece for us a few weeks ago. We posted uh, through the blog on uh, how he used body weight uh, handstand uh, shoulder presses to increase his uh, kettlebell press. Uh, I was talking to Tommy Bloom when we did uh, the three-day certification over in the U.K. at the beginning of July, and Tommy was in India for three weeks. It didn't have access to weights or a kettlebell and instead used body weight training, and when he came back, was able to blast a 40-kilogram bell up with uh, so much ease that he said, I, I really surprised myself. Wow. So I think That's irrespective impressive. of the door that you enter the Strong First community through, whether it's a kettlebell, whether it's body weight or dumbbell, the principles are the same. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get the indoctrination done as you go through the course. Excellent. Excellent. Mark, let me ask you before we move on to something else. What's the big thing that people need to know prior to attending a certification? Like what's the one thing that someone needs to know and, and prepare for before they um, enroll and attend the certification? Um, it's, 
serious business. Yeah. Uh, we we uh, produced that video where I did the demonstrations of the six techniques that people will be tested on yes. on uh, the third day of their kettlebell certification. And I tell people that the, uh, the SFG kettlebell certification is not only challenging physically, but it's also challenging mentally. And I would say that the, the people who, uh, who don't make it through certification uh, are not necessarily uh, people who aren't tough uh, or who aren't experienced in, um, in, in uh, you know, lifting weights, but it's people who did not prepare uh, uh, in in a complete sort of way, meaning, did you did, have you done your snatch test? I mean, this is yeah. I'm I'm just constantly amazed at the number of people who are nervous about their snatch test, and I'll ask them, well, you know, what what time did you have on the last snatch test you did? And they go, well, I, I've, I've never done it. <laughs> well, then you probably aren't going to do so good today. Right, right. Um, but it's. The one thing that I want to get out to people who are listening to this now is our certification is not something you just show up to, hang out for three days, and you get a nice piece of paper. Right. Um, Brett Jones has an excellent get ready program that we associated with the video, um, and you need to get the volume of swings in, and you need to make sure that your body's in uh, is in the requisite uh, uh, condition that it needs to get through three very very challenging days. Yep. So I think that's really the the one big thing is to make sure that you are prepared. I mean, it's it's all about preparation. And I think with the videos that you have out now, going over the, the technique standards and, and Brett's article, like you mentioned, uh, a lot of resources to help people prepare adequately so they come there, you know, fully ready to go for the uh, for the certification. Yeah, and we're in the process of producing a video uh, just on the snatch test. Uh, it's it's amazing. One of the reasons we, in the past, we always did the snatch test on a Friday. And about a year and a half ago, I moved the snatch test to a Sunday. Yeah, that was and interesting. the reason being is we didn't teach the snatch until Saturday. Right. And I always felt it was, it was one of those very awkward uh, things where you tested somebody on something. Right. However, the one thing that was so effective about having the snatch test on Friday was people would practice and so you knew that they were in the requisite condition to get through the three days of the challenge right um but just from uh, from an uh, an intellectual honesty standpoint i just didn't see um the use in having people do a snatch test the day before we taught them how to properly snatch yeah and i think that makes a lot of sense too i mean i i kind of wondered that when I when I went through my own certification, you know, doing it right off the bat, I mean, it makes sense from, or, you know, you're going to be fresh, but at the same time, you haven't been instructed in the proper technique, you know, yeah, exactly. with the immersion weekend that we talked about. So, and, and one of the things that you noticed in this last certification was um, we keep this uh, quasi-militaristic uh, thing to an absolute uh, minimum. As a matter of fact, it's almost non-existent. Yeah. Um, exercise should not be viewed as punishment. In my world, um, the people who are good and the people who behave, uh, they get to participate in the fun. 
Yeah. Uh, they get to participate in exercise, um, as opposed to the people who aren't prepared. Well, I'm sorry, you, you don't get to play. It's sort of like, remember when you were on the, the playground, the kids that were best at, uh, whether it was tetherball or one of those other things, those are the kids that got to play. Yeah. Um, exercise was, should never be treated as punishment, and as a result, just watching somebody go through the Bataan death march of a kettlebell snatch without them really understanding what they're doing, it, it just, it's it's... It's so contrary to what Strong First believes, and I'm, I'm glad we moved it out of there. Yeah. Well, the culture and the community in Strong First is is outstanding. And, you know, this is my first experience with the new organization this past weekend. And, you know, I just, um, it was such a positive experience. It was really, really amazing. And I think everyone that was there felt the same way. It was really exciting. Mark, I wonder if you can talk about uh, people that are in the Strong First community. What is kind of the next step for people? How, how do people kind of move along and progress in their own journey of, of strength training? What are some of the options available? Um, well, I, I, I guess there, you, you look at it uh, both in, in training options but also in business options. I mean, I, I get to deal with the unpleasantries of, of uh, treating the, the company as, as a company in many cases. Um, I, I would strongly encourage those people who are part of the community who have, you know, their own facility um, that when we roll out this opportunity to become part of a, a, a strong first uh, family, that they take a look at it. Um, this not only allows them to become uh, uh, part of a community and part of a movement in a very visible way, um, but it will allow them to stand alongside some of the business partnerships and affiliations that we've worked so hard in the last year to create. Um, a great example is our relationship with 5.11. Uh, we just released a video um, that was done uh, to support 5.11's uh, breaching tool program. They, you know, they have uh, tools, but most training officers don't know how to make their officers more effective breachers except, well, I'll just have them lift weights or I'll have them do something like this. And, and 511 uh, spent a lot of time with us developing a program that on this video is called Breacher Strong. And it's uh, four fundamental exercises and structures that they can do to actually make people uh, better at their jobs and safer at their jobs. So in having somebody say, hey, look, I want to become part of the Strong First family, it's not only will you have access to Strong First material and you'll be able to host Strong First events in your facility and we'll increase traffic, um, but there is another, you know, four to 500,000 customers um, of affiliate and partner companies that we have that are going to become aware of the Strong First brand. So when they're driving down the road and they see, you know, Bob Johnson's Kettlebell World, a Strong First School of Strength, or however that, that, uh, that's structured on the sign, they'll go, oh, oh, Strong, oh, Strong First. And it becomes that thing where, oh, those guys must be good because they're partnered with um, uh, uh, 511. Uh, this coming, uh, well, I guess in two weeks, we have our Level 2. One of the presenters at the Level 2 is the head of research and development for Abbott Laboratories. Uh, they own the world's largest supplement company, EAS. And although our image is not necessarily of a silver foil bag with blue lettering on it, uh, we do believe in intelligence and program design, both from a strength and conditioning standpoint, but also from a nutritional standpoint. And so uh, Wayne uh, is going to be there. 
And it's through those types of affiliations where it's like you don't stand alone. You're not only standing with strong first, but you're standing with the educational back, backing of Abbott Laboratories, um, of, of the understanding of the tactical uh, world with 511, uh, our strategic relationship with NASM uh, that we announced back in March. Um, the, the, you've got allies and you have partners in uh, your business as you move uh, to grow that. For those people who, who are just uh, standalone trainers, uh, we will pro- provide you with, you know, ongoing education. So, for example, people who are part of the Strong First community have a discounted rate when they take a body weight certification or they take a, uh, a barbell certification so that if, uh, let's say, I'm a trainer in a big box gym, um, and I need to get a little bit better at my job. I want to increase my billables. I want to invest in myself as a professional. Uh, Strong First reaches out to them saying, hey, look, invest uh, the cost of a certification with us, and you'll not only remake that investment, but probably um, re- get a return several times over uh, simply because you'll be better at your craft. Um, I talk a lot about craft uh, when we do uh, our certifications. You can be like everyone else in this industry. Our industry turns over every 38 months. It's the average uh, life expectancy of a trainer. Um, and I, I, I've seen this in businesses. I've seen this in uh, financial services. I've seen this in manufacturing. Your sales force will turn over every uh, three to four years. In, the, in this industry, it's 38 months. What are you doing um, to assure yourself that you're going to be one of those guys who goes longer than 38 months, if you so choose right. in this business. And that's the thing with the Strong First community, is from a practical standpoint, we offer you material that's timeless in nature that will allow you to move people from a novice level to whatever level of advanced athleticism they wish to be in, I mean, you got some people, you know what they just want to do? They just want to get up and out of a chair without pain or discomfort. <laughs> right. That's what? That's a worthy yeah. goal. Yeah. yeah. Unless you've suffered discomfort and pain getting up out of a chair, you may not think it's that important, but I tell you, I've got a lot of people in their late 70s and early 80s. Sure. To them, it's a miracle. Yeah. So are you willing to hone that craft? Or do you want to just fall into the sea of the latest, greatest trend? Remember... Every time you see a fitness product on TV, there are two words that describe that fitness product, fast and easy. Yep, you're right. And do you want to be part of the fast and easy crowd? Because I'll tell you something, your demise will be the same way. It'll be fast and easy. (laughs) Um, Well, certainly a lot of resources and growth opportunities, um, as you mentioned. Mark, can you talk about anything, uh, just a couple more questions for you, but uh, can you talk about anything new that's, that's coming? I, I know that there's going to be some things coming in the next month or so. I don't know if you want to uh, talk about any of those right now or, or hold off. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I hate to be a, a, a tease. As a matter of fact, it was funny. <laughs> I, I always say, you know, don't, don't, don't uh, call anyone in a, in a poker game until you're ready to put your cards down on the table. But uh, we do have uh, a new book from Pavel coming out. Uh, which I think uh, does a very good job of providing a very simple instruction uh, and at the same time provides the science uh, behind it. So nice. uh, you, get, uh, you get a little bit of nutrition uh, for the people who just like activity and you get a little bit of something for the people who like the wonky, sciencey part of, of it. 
Um, that should be out uh, just in time for holiday shopping. All right. <laughs> um, we have we have a series of uh, videos. Uh, something that happened uh, back last year. Nikki, uh, who runs our operations, talked talk to me. And she goes, "I just wish there was a product that I could hand somebody." Uh, that said, hey, this is how you do a kettlebell swing, this is how you do this, this is how you do that. Um, we produced a, uh, 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 a little bit over an hour uh, called The Foundation of Strength, and it provides chapters on a barbell. How do, you, how do you use a barbell to do a deadlift, a bench press, and a squat? Um, I guarantee you that no experienced power lifter will sit back and say, this is the greatest material I've ever seen. <laughs> However, if you have someone that you're working with that you need to give them some continuing education yeah. to support, so when they come to see you, you're not just reteaching what you taught them the last time. It gives them barbell, it gives them kettlebell, it gives them a dumbbell program, and it gives them sandbags because the sandbags wow. become more popular. Yeah. Um, the the bad use of sandbags uh, I'm seeing on YouTube is, is almost as shocking as the bad use of kettlebells. <laughs> so Foundation of Strength is uh, it's available now. Uh, the e-store, I think, is going live next uh, week, and so I think that'll be kind of a cool thing. Nice. And then uh, some additional uh, expansion of the programs that we have. As I said, we're rolling out the uh, first level two at the end of this month, at which point we'll be announcing a relationship with FMS. And there are a lot of people who went through, in our previous life, uh, the CKFMS. Yes. And there'll be an additional uh, replacement uh, for people that have been looking for that. Excellent. Well, I'll look forward to that as I went through CKFMS myself. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Last question, and then I have just an action uh, question for you, as I always ask. But uh, I wonder if you could just talk about um, the leadership with Strong First, kind of, kind of some of the top-level instructors, because I think that's really one of the, the huge benefits of the Strong First community. So I wonder if you could just say a couple words on the Strong First leadership. I just, you know, I think it's a reflection of the community in general. We have Everyone from, uh, you know, highly accomplished martial artist um, to uh, someone who is supposed to performing strongman uh, to someone who's a battalion uh, chief uh, with a fire department uh, to uh, people who are uh, clinicians. Uh, I think that our, our leadership is a great representation of the community itself, uh, where you have the opportunity to learn Hey, th th you know, as a martial artist, this is how I use my kettlebell or my body weight training. Um, you take a look at, uh, for example, Brett Jones will be the uh, uh, acting master instructor at the uh, level two. Yes. And Brett brings in, I think, just a wonderful mix. He's, he has a uh, powerlifting background um, and now recently is going deeper into the, the clinical world and uh, acts as the liaison between us and uh, Craig Cook's FMS program. And so I, I think when you take a look at the quality and the and I you know you use that word diversity with a certain amount of trepidation because of the you know what what does diversity really mean? Um, what it really means is that it shows how large of a tent uh, Strong First has in the people that they work with and the people that they recognize uh, for their skill set through promotion. Right. Yeah. I mean it's it's a great group, and I'll just say that you know it's the reason I ask that question is I. You know, I've been around a lot of people in, you know, in the fitness industry and in other industries. And 
the leadership here is just really some of the smartest people uh, and some of the strongest people I've ever met. I mean, it's just a, a, an amazing group of, of people and top level instructors that you have here. So, all right, Mark, uh, I have two action questions and I, I love to ask this question because you, you've shared a lot of great information in this interview. Now the question is, what do people do with it? So for the people that have not come in yet, maybe they haven't taken a, a workshop or, you know, looking to, you know, you know, improve their strength more, or improve their function more. What's the big action that someone can take, maybe a beginner or intermediate, after listening to this interview? I, I think the first thing that they can do um, is go, to go to our website, uh, strongfirst.com, and go to the instructor page. We recently improved the, uh, the instructor page setup. Uh, so that it allows uh, instructors to uh, provide a bit of a biography on themselves and also to receive uh, reviews from people that they've trained with. So if it's somebody saying, hey, you know, I'd like to get a little bit uh, deeper into this thing, they can always look up an instructor on our page. Uh, we have uh, videos associated with the uh, certification so that if people want to take a look at uh, what's involved with uh, going to uh, a kettlebell certification, they can see that. But I'd say the first thing to do, um, it's sort of like, hey, before you go to a, to a steakhouse for dinner, let's make sure that you like steak. Hey, that's, that's a good thing, because it, it might be an acquired taste for you. Um, we have a very, very strong social media presence. Um, if you go to our Facebook page, um, there's just a ton of information that we provide it every Wednesday. Uh, we're doing a very quick video um, that's based upon the question and answer sessions that we've had at certifications where people can pretty much ask Pavel any question they want. I think this last week's was, you know, what's the most effective strength training uh, technique for women? And Pavel's answer is, uh, as with most of his answers, very short and very direct. And yet there are, we have some other ones that are going to be rolling out here where the answer is a little bit more involved, a little yeah. bit more complicated than the answer may run between two and four minutes as opposed to a 32-second uh, response. Yep. If they want to get that sensation, hey, do I like steak? You know, do I, do I really think that I, I fit in with this? I would strongly recommend that they go to the Facebook and social media page. Awesome. Um, Instagram. Uh, we have a feed of pictures so they can see the kinds of folks that are involved in this community. We aspire to be strong, but strength is not the entry-level ticket to become part of this community. The desire to change yourself, the desire to get better is all we ask for, as long as it's, it's awesome. that honest desire where you're willing to put in the work and the commitment. If you're willing to put in the work and commitment, we'll give you the content to help you get there. Nice. <laughs> I love it. And uh, so the, bi the big action for someone that's already in the community, what do they need to do? What do you recommend? Um, well, first of all, most of the folks that are in our community, uh, we had a great certificate recognition program from the old uh, community where if you sent it in, we gave you the cert with the uh, – um, the uh, uh, same expiration date. If you're a level one kettlebell practitioner within the Strong First community, yeah. I strongly encourage you to either take a hard look at attending a level two uh, for two reasons. Number one, yeah, the lifts are more challenging. We're going to work on the bent press, we're going to work on the windmill, um, the push press, and the jerk. Technically, more complicated drills. 
But as I said, you know, for example, at the end of this month, the head of research and development for Abbott Labs is going to be doing a lengthy program on how to design intelligent uh, nutrition for a strength and conditioning program. Um, there are a number of, of excellent programs that you can get involved in that provide you with nutrition in a box. So you've got somebody that comes to you and says, I want to lose weight, and I'm working with you, and you can pick up the box, and it's got a container of whey protein in it. It's got a pre-workout, NO2 kind of product and some other things, and you hand it to them, and away they go. However, if you want to get better as a professional and you want to understand the science behind putting together a reasonable nutrition program, then the level two has a couple of hours of classroom work that's meant for you. Additionally, um, FMS will be providing the importance of a movement assessment in an overall strength and conditioning program. Uh, that, again, when you walk out of a level two, I not only want you to be a stronger trainer or a stronger coach, but I want you to be a better educated trainer or a better educated coach and someone who has a deeper appreciation of their craft. Someone said this to me not too long ago, that depth of knowledge is not well appreciated. We, instead of trying to master 17 different things, so that your swim lane is five feet wide, but it's only about 18 inches deep, take a look at honing your skills, a very selected set of skills that you have, yeah. so that your swim lane may only be one foot wide, but it'll be 12 feet deep. So when you do come across that patient or that student or that client that needs something a little bit more than just the latest fitness craze, right. you've got that depth that you can reach down to and pull something up of significant value and hand it to them because you never know when you'll be able to have a material and positive impact on someone's life. You never know when that opportunity will present itself. And when it does, depth of knowledge is what will make it a, one of those seminal moments in your life. Awesome. Great. Yeah, I think we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Um, I hope that people take action with this because there's a lot of opportunities for, for growth and to really make a difference with all of the, the resources and educa educational opportunities within Strong First. So, Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview and share some really, really great stuff. Scott, it's, it's, uh, it's my pleasure, uh, and I really do appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. It's, uh, it's always been – this has been a dream of mine for a long, long time, and I'm just – very, very appreciative that you've given us the opportunity to talk about it. Oh, it's certainly it's it's a pleasure. It really is. Hey. Right. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. I'll talk to you again. Thanks, man. Take care. Well, there's not much more I'll say after that uh, information-packed interview with Mark Toomey. Again, I want to thank Mark for taking the time to do the interview and share all of the great information around Strong First and, you know, the mission and philosophy behind the organization. And again, you know, just coming off of the level one certification, my own experience assisting there, you know, the culture and the feel and the, the learning and the growth and the leadership is really, really amazing. And, you know, I was very proud and honored to be associated and to be a part of that level one certification. 
And, you know, I always say that, you know, you know, I've been involved in strength training now for many years. And when I got into kettlebells uh, a few years back, it really um, opened my eyes to a lot of things. And my learning will continue my journey, my, my progressions will continue for the rest of my life. And, you know, I just, uh, you know, it's just, I think it's so exciting to see an organization like Strong First, where it's all about continued growth and transformation. And like Mark said in the interview, you know, the people that came out of that at the end of the weekend were, were different people. You know, there was a transformation process that occurred through the weekend. And it's really amazing. And I look at back at my own experience when I went through, um, you know, my three day certification weekend. And, you know, that was definitely the case for me. You know, it was just such an amazing, powerful experience. And it's really something you have to uh, go through and experience yourself. So anyway, my recommendation is to check out Strong First, go to strongfirst.com. I'll have links for the things that we talked about in the show notes for this episode. And uh, again, it's just a, an amazing organization. And, you know, it comes from the principles of Pavel Satsalin and what he has done for the strength training and kettlebell community. Um, it's just, it's amazing stuff. So I hope that you check it out. Thank you for listening. Um, in the next session, I have a great one for you. We are really going to talk some serious strength in the next interview. And, um, that's, that's all I'll say about that. It's going to be a great one. I think you're going to get a great value from it. And we're going to talk about some different topics that will really help you, uh, get stronger and think differently. And, uh, I'm really excited about the next interview. So that's what's coming next in the Ardella training podcast. Thanks for listening. Train safe and train strong as always. And I'll see you next time on the show. Take care. listening to the Ardella Training Podcast. Be sure to like the Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash Ardella Training and join the new movement in strength. And go to ArdellaTraining.com to get free exclusive strength training information and resources right now. Train strong, train safe, and we'll see you next time on the Ardella Training Podcast.